What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's uh, Thursday, and it's December 15th. We are halfway through the month of December. Hopefully, your Christmas shopping is all taken care of, and you're getting ready to, you know, settle in, but you're finishing the year strong. You know, you're finishing your business year strong and, and, and pursuing those goals, et cetera, et cetera. So today's topics, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we got some good ones here. Our transcendent topic, we're going to be tapping into, we had a good one last week, obviously, talking about... Uh, the uh, chat GPT app, which has been fa fascinating. John, apparently you, you just got access to it. Is that right? Yep. So we may ask the uh, the new chat AI bot a few questions here. And Ooh, we should ask it what to get our wives for Christmas. There we go. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> idea. In fact, oh, John, man. John, go to it right now. Share, share the screen with everybody. What should I get my wife for Christmas? Uh, there's probably some really good ideas here. Yes. And uh, for those of us who wait to the last second, we probably need a little bit of help with this. All right. We'll, Usually, we'll come back to that yeah, one, right? We'll, we'll come back to that we, one. We, we definitely need those answers. All right. And our, our transcendent topic is for all the entrepreneurs, and there's some great ones out there. 2022 has been a crazy year for a lot of us. But who is the transcendent entrepreneur of the year in 2022? who did extraordinary things, who tried to make a difference uh, in, in life and in business for their, their team and employees. We're going to be definitely chatting about uh, who that person might be. Some of you might have some good guesses out there. So that's uh, topic number one. Then what's up with the money topic? Yeah, money topic we're going to dive into here is rates raised again. So we're going to talk about 2023 predictions, what we think is going to happen there. Is the economy going to tank? We'll, we'll break that down. Good questions. And it's your job as a business owner, it's your job as a parent, as a leader, to be predicting and, and then making you know different pivots and adjustments based on what's going on. Because if you're not getting ready for something, then it can come and surprise you pretty quickly. So that's our money topic. Now, sports, we got two topics. We're going to first talk a little bit about the uh, World Cup final and uh, Messi and Argentina are going to be taking on France, and that's going to be on Sunday, so that's going to be fun. And then uh, what's our next sports topic? Yeah, we're going to talk about week 14. We kind of last week, or on Tuesday, broke down the previous week and Baker and his headbutting, so we're going to talk about some projections <laughs> and what we think is going to happen uh, this that week. That was wild. Yeah. I was just laughing. He's just <laughs> running around. I'm so excited. I won a game finally, and he's headbutting without his helmet. And, and the dude's just like, you doing what you're gonna hurt you're gonna get a concussion bro or you're gonna get ct stop it yeah i i hope those heisman commercials they keep putting him they they put him on blast and make him do something silly and in, in those heisman commercials uh, they should do a new heisman commercial where he just walks around headbutting everybody <laughs> like dude are you trying to get ct what's wrong with you yeah no kidding all right so that's our we got two sports segments because you know we got to get our final world cup uh segment in there and obviously hit the uh, NFL up and, and boy we're getting down to the uh, the end here there's just as uh, a four weeks left there's four weeks right? yeah four now weeks. we got four weeks everybody's got four games left in the NFL so that's going to be fun to see how that ends up our mindset topic why the victim mindset is toxic and ensures that you're going to be losing a life I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are turning victims into heroes and certainly those victims that overcome amazing things we're going to talk about them but there's too much uh, celebration of victimhood. And then people that we should be celebrating, we, we spend all of our time vilifying them. So we're going to definitely talk about whether the victim mindset leads to success or failure. Absolutely. In our family piece, we're going to talk about why Avatar 2 will be the highest grossing film of all time. And it, it John be. is excited. It definitely I'm excited. Be. So, we're, yeah, we're going to definitely talk about that. Uh, I think one of the most expensive film of all time in terms yeah. of budget and, boy, we've certainly been waiting 13 long years for it. So, James Cameron, it's about damn time that movie's coming out. We got our freedom piece here, why free markets lead to financial freedom and why government control kills it. And then, of course, we'll end it. Yeah, with the mastery and just make sure that we're all registering for the uh, business plan lesson and training we're going to put on. Get ready for 2023. Get your goals right. Get your business plan right. It's very important. This is the time to do it. No question. That's a free training. Uh, the link's uh, right there uh, and, and accessible to everybody in the show notes here. And uh, of course, if you have any questions, email info at sevenfigures.com and our team will send that link out. 
Uh, we're going to have hundreds of people, business owners across the country, and uh, we're going to be talking about how do you build a successful 2023 business plan and why do so many people fail at a business plan and by the middle of February they've already forgotten about it and they don't even look at it the rest of the year and then they wonder why they didn't achieve their goals they, they had set about. And there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. So I've been at this 20 years as an entrepreneur and so we're going to talk about you know what we what works, what doesn't, and what are some of the key emotional things that you should have attached to that business plan? Because if there is an emotional connection, a why that's driving you, then it's pretty hard to achieve the success you want with your 2023 business plan. But most people don't really put one together. And so it's not a surprise that they don't achieve the results they want. And even if you're not a business owner, you just want to get your finances right, then you're definitely going to want to attend that because that's that's what we're all about here is how can we get our money right if you're a parent trying to have a better life for your family, for your kids, then definitely tune in to that free business plan training. And by the way, there are business plan trainings that cost thousands of dollars to attend virtually. How do we know that? Oh, because we're paying thousands of dollars to attend one actually tomorrow. And so fortunately, we're going to be sharing this one with you guys free of charge. So take advantage of that. Welcome to the Go Figure podcast created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. All right, my friends. John, did we get the uh, answer there? Yeah. All right. So one of the important questions out there for us guys who struggle at this is what should I be getting my wife for Christmas? And sometimes it's tough. It's like, oh, don't you dare buy me clothes. Don't buy this. Don't buy that. And so what in the world should I be getting you? And John's going to break that down for us. John, what do we got? Yeah, well, this is directly from an AI bot. So I'm pretty excited for this because it's honestly better than what I would recommend for Uh, buying. Um, Yeah, there are many gift ideas for wives that would be perfect for Christmas time. Some possible gift ideas include... A piece of jewelry such as a necklace, ring, or bracelet, a luxury candle or scented diffuser, a cozy throw blanket or a warm scarf, a book or a journal, a new handbag or a wallet, a DIY or experience gift such as tickets to a show or a cooking class, a subscription to a beauty or wellness box, a gift card to her favorite store or restaurant. Now, something I love about ChatGPT, it doesn't just give you lists and like tell you what to do. It then says why these things are important after everything. It's important to consider your wife's interests and hobbies when choosing a gift for her. If she's a foodie, for example, you get her a cookbook or a gourmet food basket. If she's into fashion, a new piece of clothing or accessory would be a good option. If she's a homebody, a comfortable pair of slippers or a nice set of sheets. Overall, the best gift for your wife is one that shows you understand and appreciate her unique interests and personality. So take some time to think about what she loves and choose a gift that reflects that. John, that is so crazy. Good. I want you to copy and paste that into a Google document and share that uh, you know with us as soon as possible because there's some there's some gold in there and that's that's what we're all about, right? Uh, we've got machine learning, we got AI, artificial intelligence. This so far seems like a pretty helpful app out there. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into Skynet and uh, you know take over the world and and uh, enslave us like in the Terminator series uh, by James Cameron, who we're going to be talking about a little bit later. But uh, our transcendent topic is we're going to announce our 2022 Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, Ty, who are some of the entrepreneurs you've been following in 2022 that you've been impressed with? Before we make that announcement, yeah, I mean you uh, really. Got me following Patrick Bet David, and I've, I've really enjoyed following yeah. him and um, learning from some of his successes and some of his mistakes and whatnot. I, I love Patrick Bet David. Um, I've really, I, I guess he's absolutely an entrepreneur, but uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, of course. I, I love Gary V, Gary v. but um, yeah. why am I drawing a blank? ClickFunnels. Uh, uh, Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson. Yeah, I followed yeah. him. He's a big wrestler. I grew up wrestling, so wrestler, I've, I love yeah. seeing some of his stories and journeys, and, and I love how he's one that takes accountability, and, and I, I just love his content. He's been awesome. He is. He had a chance to exit ClickFunnels uh, for a billion dollars, and uh, and he and his partner looked at it like, 
what are we going to do if we sell? What are we? <laughs> and that's the question. Like you, you eventually sell your business unless you have a detailed plan that you're going to be taking that next step. A lot of people sell their business and then they have nothing to do and they're very bored and they get super depressed because if you're an entrepreneur, you're a high achiever, you're very active, you love helping people, you love taking action, you love leading. And once you sell that, unless you have a really good you know, transition plan of what you're doing next, then it, uh, you know, the idea of, of, of retiring at the beach, it gets pretty boring. I don't know. You, you know, we go on those beach vacations, Ty. After a few days on the beach, I'm bored. I got to yeah. be out there doing something. You know who else I really loved? I yeah. thought his story was super interesting when we got to sit down and listen to him. And yeah. first billionaire I've ever high-fived, um, Tony Robbins. Like when he talks about how he had to transition during the COVID phase. And, yeah. and he is absolutely an entrepreneur, right? Oh, he says multiple, you know, hundred million, billion dollar businesses yeah. that he runs. And he's yeah. talking about how energy is everything to him. And he can't just sit in front of a camera and give the people the kind of energy that they need. So what he did is created a room surrounded by TVs, yes. like literally TVs in this massive, it looked like a tornado of TVs and yeah. he stands dead center and he's talking, moving around, he's getting got, the energy got going. Got thousands of people on Zoom right there with their cameras, and he can see them all, and he can see how they're reacting. And he spent millions of dollars, and he didn't even know if it was going to work out, but he just said, let's do it. It's the right thing to do. I can't connect with people unless I can see them and see the reaction on their face. And, yeah, what a tremendous entrepreneur, a guy who uh, – who's always, you know, he, he's very good at predicting the future. And, and if yeah. you've been watching on YouTube, he's got videos coming out that he says, winter is coming. And he has his gruff voice, says, winter is coming. And uh, winter is coming. We're going to definitely talk about that here with 2023. But so as we review 2022, there's amazing entrepreneurs out there. Uh, I know Sarah Blakely officially cashed out uh, with Spanx. Uh, pulled in a billion dollars with that. PBD uh, sold his insurance business, $400 million. And uh, Tony Robbins, so many great entrepreneurs out there. But the entrepreneur who has been in the news, who has been making things happen for so many years, and if you have not read his or listened to his uh, biography on Audible, I highly recommend that you do. It's about 25, 26 hours. But by the time you're done listening to that biography, you're going to say, wow, I have to buy a Tesla just for the journey that Elon Musk has gone through. And so for, you know, 2022, you know, transcendent entrepreneur of the year, uh, for me, it's it's Elon Musk. I mean, a guy who built the first electric vehicle company, and it's uh, by far the leading EV company out there in the world. Now, as you guys talked about last week, until we really figure out the energy crisis and how we're going to really effectively generate power it does uh you know ask you know lead to some questions with the uh, ev vehicles but for everything that he's done with tesla and then with spacex like nasa doesn't even send rockets out into space anymore they don't even send people out to space but spacex does because they can do it at like an eighth of the cost of nasa and that's the the example of entrepreneurs versus government how the entrepreneur finds a solution, they have limited capital and budgets they have to stick to, they have to be innovative and creative, and no one is more innovative and creative than Elon Musk is at finding solutions. And for him to be busy, he's got 9, 10 kids, he's got all these teams, thousands of employees across the world, he's got Tesla, SpaceX, he's got the Boring Company, he has uh, Solar City. that's a solar company, he has all these things that he's doing, he's got the Neuralink, which apparently is going yeah. to be amazing. He's saying that it's going to be able to, people who are paralyzed are going to be able to walk again like crazy, crazy things. But every time he says something crazy, he seems to back it up. And a few months ago, he said something we all thought was crazy. He said, you know what? I'm tired of Twitter not being objective. I'm tired of it, you know, uh, shutting down half of the voices of America on Twitter, that it needs to be our public square. It needs to be free. People need to be able to express their ideas. Um, it's got to be fair. It's got to be objective. And people laughed and said, he's not going to buy it. Or people who, you know, liked all that censorship thought, oh, no, I hope he doesn't buy it. And then, you know, it came down to it. And, and even though there were issues, there were allegations of fake bots on Twitter, he ends up paying a lot more than it was probably worth. But he did it 
and he did it for the good of humanity. He's like, I just want a fair public square where people can express their ideas and the bad, may the best idea win. And isn't that the, what our, our country's built upon? Freedom, uh, sharing ideas. And so he literally risks, and it wasn't the best time for him to sell Tesla stock and cash out. Tesla stock is down like 40, 50%, like most tech companies are in 2022. But he followed through and he did it. He's still, you know, number one or two, depending on the day, richest man on the planet, richest person on the planet. So for me, transcendent, um, what are your thoughts? Is is he your transcendent entrepreneur of the year or who, who you got, Ty? Yeah, I mean, it, with everything that he's accomplished, with the moves he made getting internet over to Ukraine and, that, you know, just so many different things. I didn't things. even mention that. Yeah, it, you've got to give it to Elon Musk. I mean, he just, like you said, he does what he says he's going to do. He backs everything up. He's been super impressive. Some of the other ideas that come to mind, it's like, yeah, they did cool things, but it's just nothing compared to the actual change and impact that Elon Musk has, has made. No question. And, and you know what's interesting? A lot of the, the media are out there saying, oh, Elon Musk is, you know, this, or he's far right that. Elon Musk voted for Joe Biden for president. And then he started to see what happened, you know, in 2021 and, and uh, beyond in 2022. And that's when he's like, boy, we, we've got to balance this. There has to be objectivity. We can't be shutting half of America out because we want to censor their voice. They're, that We need to be able to hear everybody. And we're all adults. We can hear people and make great decisions. And then and then just the lack of, of consistency. You've got, you know, the... Uh, uh, the government of Iran, which, I mean, the government of Iran is not doing great things out there. They're shutting people down. They were they uh, had issued something where they were going to literally, um, I think, uh, basically assassinate and, and sentence to death thousands of people who were protesting uh, for women to be able to have more rights there in Iran. And yet those leaders... They were left on Twitter. They're fine. They're killing people. They're saying all sorts of crazy, you know, murderous things on Twitter. And yet they remained. And then other people that just would ask questions about things going on, whether it was the pandemic, whether it was politics, whether it was freedom of speech would be, you know, shut down. And so now he's been the last week releasing these Twitter files and just giving people, hey, here's the transparent truth of what took place. But guess what? 80% of those people that were working at Twitter are now gone. I, 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 was, I was surprised it actually said 80%. And now he's got people who are fully bought in. He's going to hire more people. And it's going to literally be, I, I'm, you know, some people I know uh, are saying that it's going to be a trillion dollar business. Uh, Twitter, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if it ends up being that. So for someone who is making a massive impact, a positive impact, trying to solve the world's biggest problems, you know, I take my hat off to Elon Musk. Love, love. I don't agree with everything he says and does, and I don't think anybody should. You shouldn't, you know, just agree with someone just because you like and admire them, everything they say. Uh, most people, we all have disagreements with, and that's the beauty of what he's trying to do at Twitter so for be, me, transcendent man. Yeah, oh, 100%. It's going to be interesting to see what happens if Apple actually does take Twitter off the App Store. Like, wow, that could be, I don't want to say the demise of Apple because Apple's not going to go away, but that could be a massive, massive, massive hit to Apple. Like, I, I love Apple. I have a, a watch, the MacBook, the iPhone, everything. If they took Twitter off the App Store because of this, I would, I'd leave Apple. Like, I would yeah. go get a Samsung, get an Android to have Twitter. Just out you, of know, you know who will start putting phones and computers together? Tesla. Yeah. Elon will. He's, he's got all the tech team to do it, no question. I mean, we've got everything I've got on here is Apple, and I agree. But you know what was cool, and, and uh, this is where I, I do have faith and trust in Tim Cook, not so much the rest of his executive team, but uh, after that allegation came out, uh, I read a little secret article there that Elon actually went and visited Apple headquarters and got with Tim Cook, and Tim Cook assured him that that's not going to happen. Okay. So hopefully hopefully that's true, and hopefully that's how it ends up playing out for sure. Um, but, but that was what was interesting about Tim Cook. Like when President Trump was the president, like all the other tech companies, oh, I hate Trump. He was the one guy who would come and visit him. And, uh, and again, he, do you think he agreed with everything Trump said? Of course not. 
but he found solutions. He found common ground. He appreciated the things he was trying to do for business while probably not appreciating some of the other things he would say on Twitter. But he, he found solutions, and that, my friends, is what life is all about. You don't just close people out and say, oh, I don't want to hear what you're saying because I don't agree with everything you're saying. You, you listen, you find solutions, you find common ground, and that's what we need to get back to in this country, working together. I should be able to disagree with you, Ty, and listen to your point of view and say, I agree with that. That's a good point. I don't agree with this, and we should be able to find common ground and solutions and work together, and that's what we need, need to see more of in this country. Amen. Definitely agree. All right. Well, let's transition to our World Cup segment, probably our last one of the year. But uh, the World Cup has been interesting to see. Um, we've been working the last few weeks on our theater room in our house. We're, like, knocking walls out. Your awesome construction guy, Juan, came and helped us out. And, and so we wanted to have this put together just so we could start watching Red Zone on Sundays, and in particular, my son who loves soccer. Dad, we got to be able to watch the World Cup final in the theater room. So we finally got it all put together. And, um, you know, those of you who have been watching it, it's been interesting to see. But Messi and Argentina are coming up big. And uh, four years ago, it was France versus Croatia. France is back in the final playing Argentina. And what's interesting is there's a little article um, out and it's basically uh, this is an article that comes to us from Fox Sports and the uh, World Cup's been on Fox. It says for Lionel Messi, France is perfect challenge as he chases mortality. Uh, the best soccer player of, of uh, on the planet has kind of been agreed that it's been uh, Ronaldo or Messi have been the top two soccer players. And you know Ronaldo has like 500 million followers on Instagram. I think he's the most followers of any. Individual account, non business. In, in the world. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. Just just phenomenal uh, the the reach and, and the influence, the power that he's got. But Messi's right up there with him. And uh, interesting, Messi kind of took this attitude of it's us against the world and uh, creating enemies and, and really uh, their team is close. And what was interesting, I was watching. Um, it wasn't Croatia. I think it was the, the one before that. I think it was Netherlands, maybe. And it came down to penalty kicks, and you could see, and, and I remember as uh, Brazil came down to penalty kicks and they lost, their leader, Neymar, was, oh, I'll, I'll just take the final one. But Messi said, I'm going to take the first penalty kick. And the penalty kick, you don't know. I mean, if you, the better team could lose that game just based off of penalty kicks because it's such a, a high-risk thing. I mean... You know, you can make make it miss if the keeper guesses right. And he went out there and confidently knocked that first one down. And then his team followed suit. Just that that example. And that's what I appreciate about, appreciate about what he's done. He's gone and he's led from the front. And if you're a business owner, if you're a leader, if you're a parent, you have to lead from the front. You can't sit back like Neymar did. He sat back. I'll be the last one to take it when his team needed him to go out and lead and set the tone, show the example, settle them down a little bit, and make that first kick, and that's what Messi did. Um, how important is it, do you think, for leaders to step up and lead by example? I think it's extremely important. I, I think every leader needs to, we call it, go in the trenches for a little bit to show that they're not only willing to do the work, but they can do the work. They're willing to work the hardest in the entire company. I and it, like his example is awesome because by him going out there and kicking that first, uh, making that first goal, uh, like imagine the anxiety that was released from all of those other guys about to kick, knowing that that first one is in. I feel like, holy cow, take a deep breath and I can actually do what I'm supposed to do. Versus, do you say Neymar? It's like yeah. let's sit back and you know, there, there's times I think in soccer where if you go last, it may not even you may not even kick because your he team didn't. may be done. He didn't. Oh, point yeah. of fact, he didn't. Because his first four guys, only two of them made it, and the other team made three, so he was done. Yeah, see, I mean, yeah. it, that's not leadership. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And for me, I remember, like, in a previous company, like, we had part of our executive team that wouldn't get on the phone with a client, wouldn't set the example. And what I love about what we do here is, as, a, as our sales leader, you always are getting on the phone. You're always you know, recording those and showing the example and never afraid to get on the phone and, and take care of a, a client who's upset and, 
And that's something that I think is a key value in principle. And I, I, you know, have learned, I think we've learned some of that from a Grant Cardone. You'll see him, you know, live and he'll just stop and, and jump on a phone call with uh, just a, a client, a prospect out there. And he's not afraid to do it. And he'll show and he'll, he'll show his people. And I feel like that's, the ability to go in the trenches, and 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 I remember reading in the, the book uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People that Abraham Lincoln would, during the Civil War, he would go and visit the troops, and he would go and walk, not with the, the big generals, but he would, he would surely meet with them, but he would go with the lowest level soldiers and go sit down and talk to them and ask them questions and find out what's really going on. And so if you're not going and making the rounds and connecting and working in the trenches, you know, on a regular basis with your team, you're going to get out of touch real fast. Yeah, absolutely. You look at, I mean, I know we've got to move on, but all of the greatest leaders of all time, and they all in some way, shape or form do that. They interact with the people, they, they get out in the trenches and they, they do, they practice what they say they're going to do. So, I, I mean, I... Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge, huge important task for leaders and mentors to work on, and, and especially sales leaders. Like, I look back at my sales leaders and the ones that I know for a fact couldn't sell and never did it and never showed themselves, I, I, they didn't mesh with me. They didn't do anything. You, you can't respect them. I mean, you're trying to tell me what to do, and you can't do it? Like, no, I, I can't follow that, and I think most people can't, and... And it's kind of like, too, if you're following someone who's supposedly a successful social, you know, an entrepreneur and they're an influencer and like they've actually never really built anything. They've just kind of what they've done is they've built, got eyeballs and attention, which, you know, that's cool. But they haven't actually really done anything, built anything. And that's why I love following guys like a Patrick Bet David or Russell Brunson that have actually gone out there and truly built something and and then after they've built something, then they go out there and then they share the things that they're learning. They share the the keys to success, and that's of course I think uh, it's it's what we're trying to do here, right? We we've built a business, an eight figure business. We've got an amazing team here. We've been fortunate to serve thousands of entrepreneurs with business finance and funding. But now, how can we you know reach more people? How can we impact them positively and help them you know to grow their business? And that's that's what this show is all about. So that said, let's move on to our sports segment. And I don't know. I, I love football. I love sports. And there's a lot of lessons that we learn. Even though people who don't, like, love sports um, will learn a lot from watching a Tom Brady. We'll learn a lot from watching a Michael Jordan. We'll learn a lot. Like, there's lessons every single Sunday in the league, in the NFL, that you're going to learn uh, that you can apply to business, to your family, to life just by watching these games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the NFL. And when you actually, believe it or not, when you talked about the, the top entrepreneurs, I, I know he gets a lot of hate, but I think Roger, Roger Goodell has done a phenomenal job. Like the NFL, in my opinion, of all professional sports, is the greatest organization out there. They're branching in and playing games in Mexico, in the UK, in Germany now. They, they're signing a contract to get two Germany games next year. Like, what he's done and the brand that he's built, I, I think, is pretty impressive. Dude, what is what's up with the NBA and MLB? Like, I don't ever hear them playing games across the world, and that's a global game. Like, that's a missed opportunity. I, I can't sit and watch an NBA game anymore. I can't stand LeBron James. Like, oh, I can't either. Five years ago, I could tell you every single Jazz player, our yep. entire bench, some very in-depth stats and right now i could probably name three players that are even on the team i don't even know who our coach is like i don't either <laughs> i can't yeah the nba's got some work to do that, um, that they do and their popularity is dropping soccer is picking up popularity in this country i'm seeing like it's crazy just even here in utah which has traditionally been i think a football state uh, for the most part you're seeing soccer pick up and gain maybe more momentum and traction than a basketball but football is still number one and for a yeah. reason so let's talk about it. we got uh week 14 is it week 14 it's week 14 it's, right? i think it's 15 is coming it 15? up yeah is it week a, 15 because it's an 18 week season yeah. now you're right yeah. so we just finished week 14 we're moving on to week 15 what's on the docket for week 15 all right so first things first Here's one of my hot takes because it's Thursday night football tonight. Okay. Brock Purdy has yet to go on the road. Mr. Irrelevant. He's looked great at oh, home. Very okay. cute. 
great play calling, yes. right? Whatever you want to say about yeah. the Niners. Fantastic defense, I'll give you that. But he is about to have his eyes open. He's about to give us the deer in the headlight look because he's going to the sixth or the twelfth man yeah. up there in Seattle. They're getting Kenneth Walker back. He is uh, Brock Purdy's without Debo Samuel tonight. And although San Francisco's favored by three, that's one of my upset picks. I think he's going to have one hell of a time dealing with the crowd um, for his first road game as Mr. Irrelevant. And, and Pete Carroll has been a great coach for years, one of the few to win it all in college and the pros. Like there's him, Jimmy Johnson. Again, there's I, we, we've talked about this. Like even Nick Saban didn't have a great uh, NFL career. And it was, granted, it was pretty short, but but didn't have a great career, and Pete Carroll has. And I think isn't Pete's background in defense? Yeah, he's been a phenomenal defensive yeah. mind. And I, I think one of the best things he does is is the way he drafts. Like oh, he's these prospects drafter. that he can find. and the, the Bobby Wagner, yeah. the Richard Shermans. the What's the dude back there as safety that was just a Cam killer. Chancellor, Cam retired Chancellor. a little early. Oh, my uh, but yeah, I mean their their defenses, and and right now they've got three rookies starting on the defense that are yeah. going to be like some of them are up for defensive rookie of the year. Like he's just done a fantastic job, and you know obviously the Seahawks don't have near the amount of talent that the Niners do on the roster. I just think it, it as an NFL quarterback, it is very very different to play at home to have Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. Now he's got to go on the road. He's not going to be able to hear his coaches. Like it, oh, it's going yeah. to be a totally it's different. That, beast. And the way that stadium is built, like the sound is meant to just stay in there. You know, you think back to that uh, playoff game with Marshawn Lynch. The whole stadium was about ready to come down. Yeah. There was so much uh, power and thunder coming from uh, from the sound when he had that crazy <laughs> touchdown against the Saints. But yeah, I agree. And and uh, again, I've still been impressed with Geno Smith, even though Seattle's had some losses uh, a little bit uh, in the last uh, few weeks but yeah I think that that's going to be that's going to be a telling sign of whether uh, Purdy's going to be up for the playoffs because the playoffs is going to be different you know than uh, the Bucks that they you know everything went wrong for the Bucks last week everything went right for the 49ers so we will see we will see if this is how this is going to work out long term for the 49ers that said I do feel like the NFC is other than the Eagles is kind of wide open, and, and really anybody can step up and, and uh, I guess, challenge the Eagles to represent the NFC. Yeah, I think the winner of Eagles-Cowboys next week is going to be the That's NFC huge. Super Bowl That's huge. attendee. Yeah. I don't think the NFC is winning the Super Bowl this year, though. Yeah. Yep, no, I agree. Um, I think the AFC will win. Case in point, here's another thing that the NFL is doing, like talking about Roger Goodell. Okay, college football's over. Maybe there's a couple bowl games, but they're the early on bowl games that nobody cares about. So oh, yeah. let's get the NFL going on Saturday and get yeah. all these viewers. So we actually have three games this Saturday. They bumped Dolphins Bills into primetime. I love my Dolphins, but they have a lot to figure out. I don't know what on earth happened over the bye week, but they're a different team. So I hope that whatever is going on, they figure out and they can come back and, and beat the Bills a second time. But I mean, a seven-point spread game. in the NFL, that's big. Obviously, yeah. the Bills are big-time favorites. I don't think Dolphins are coming out with a win there. I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns can upset the Ravens. They're very banged up. Deshaun Watson yep. looked a lot better last week, so that's an interesting game. Minnesota should definitely handle the Colts, no problem. Um, Eagles have an easy one. Falcons Saints five and eight Falcons four and nine Saints and, and still in contention <laughs> and one of these teams could win the <laughs> NFC South and go to the playoffs so that's a big game but uh, I don't know if if you saw Marcus Mariota's out he's getting surgery oh, so it's I think his name's Desmond Ritter oh is he, Mariota so, done for the year then I don't they, they're saying it's it's minor like if they make oh, the playoffs I I don't know they're being very hush hush about it but uh, Ritter looked really really good in the preseason like a lot of people wanted him to start. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Lions are red hot. They're going to go beat the Jets. I have no idea oh, why yeah. the Jets are favorited. So that would be a good one to throw in a teaser. They are. Um, and they can run the ball. They can. I mean, they can do it all. Yeah. This Cowboys-Jags is a very, very scary one for me because the Jags are hot right now. Dude, Trevor Lawrence has turned a corner. Did he you has. see that game that was two or three weeks ago when they came back and scored – the game-winning touchdown with, what was it, five, ten seconds left. Like, 
that was a that was a big moment. And I feel like Doug Peterson, I mean, a Super Bowl winning coach for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Patriots a few years ago. I always uh, remember that Philly special, which, by the way, we implemented with our our fifth grade uh, football team with my son Jonas. Fun, fun play. Great, uh, great Super Bowl play. But I think I think he's an amazing coach. But at the same time, I guess I have to take my hat off to Philadelphia because it's worked out well that they actually fired him, and now they're you know best best record in the NFL. Yeah, so far. that that one shocked me, but it it did work out. So that that's a scary matchup for the Cowboys. I I think the Cowboys had a wake up call last week though, and they're going to regroup. And, to the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're going to come back strong and and take care of business. Um, somehow the Raiders are favored to beat the Patriots. Like, the Raiders have nothing to play for. The Patriots finish off the year. They have um, the Dolphins. They have the Bills. And I can't remember. There's there's one other. Let's check that real quick because, oh, and the Bengals. So Bengals, oh. Dolphins, Bills. If, yeah. if they don't beat the Raiders, their their season's done. Okay. The Raiders have nothing to play yeah. for. So I'm oh. shocked that they're favored. I'm definitely betting the Pats in that matchup. Did you did you see the the Raiders having this kind of year? No, I I placed a little, not a lot. I wasn't very confident in it, yeah. but I did place a little Super Bowl winning bet on them. Like I thought they had the talent to. I definitely thought they did. I mean, you got McAdams there, and and uh, obviously, uh, coach. He's he's been a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator for a lot of years. Josh uh, McDaniels and. Oh, they have got a great running back core, a great tight end. Their defense was stout like that. It's been very, very disappointing. Carr's got a big arm, but there's just something that they're missing. Honestly, to me, it seems like there's something Carr is missing. Yeah. Yeah, it's – and that you've got a good point because he's got a lot of tools around him. But there's sometimes he comes out and looks like one of the greatest quarterbacks. I I feel like maybe he does need – the right coach, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's I think they give him one more year and then make a, a long term decision from there. I guess it'll be interesting to see how much patience uh, they have with Josh McDaniels too as head coach. Yeah, that I get. That's what I was talking about when they I say they give him one more year. Oh, okay. but that's a good yeah, point. Yeah. It's probably him and and the quarterback. I, I, think, I think so. I mean, Car, there's only so many years they give you, and if you don't win, like they they send you out and they go. Go back to the draft, and, and that's kind of what they do, and, and they don't have any patience. No one has any patience. Like, back in the day, dude, in, like, the 80s, 90s, like, they would give a coach, like, legit four, five years sometimes to turn an organization around. Uh, these days, you're getting two years. And sometimes, if you're Urban Meyer, you get one year. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, well, this this podcast, what, we've got, what we're going to do here, because on Tuesday I gave my – NFL top five power rankings. Yes. That has not changed. I still stand by that. I'm confident with that. So what we're going to do is is the top five quarterbacks as of right, right now. Here we go. So we go. number one, the best quarterback in the NFL right now, not saying overall season, right now the hottest quarterback in the NFL, I'm going Joe Burrow. I that mean, number one spot. I mean, he is absolutely on fire. Yeah, he's playoff Joe. You, you, it's, it's like our generation's Tom Brady, I think, so – We'll see what happens there. But I'm going to go number one, Joe Burrow. I'm going to go number two. I've got to keep Pat Mahomes there. Like got his, it. his team gave up a lot of points, yeah. but he's still like that little underhand toss. Not Dude, even they, like what, what was that? He's incredible. You, you've got to go. You've no, got to go. Nobody, Pat nobody can do what he does. No, it's insane. Um, number three, I'm finally going to give him a little love. He's finally earned it. He's deserved it. I'm going to put Jalen Hurts right there because yeah. he's taking oh, over yes, games right has. now. Um, number four, I'm sadly going to keep Josh Allen right there. Yeah. Right there at number four. I, we'll we'll I, see I, how he does. We'll see how <laughs> yeah. he does this week. I'd like to see Saturday. the Bills lose, but he's, he's doing really well right now. And then with that five spot, this might surprise some people here. But I'm going to put Justin Herbert in that number five spot Man, because he is playing yeah. really good football right now. He, he is on fire and just such a big arm. And you know what? It was funny. Marcus and I, my my thirteen, we were watching him, and you're like, "Oh my word!" You know who he reminds? Me? He reminds of us of Jonas, my ten year old quarterback. He just has this natural ability. Herbert goes back there, and there's literally he's about ready to put his arm back there to throw it. I don't know if you remember this play. The defensive end is right there about ready to smack, and he has this sixth sense. He fills it, doesn't throw it, steps over to the right a couple steps, throws a dime, and and he just has this natural ability to avoid the rush. 
make the right throw, the right play, and just an amazing natural ability to do that. Yeah, and they're the coaching, like the calls they're making, they're just letting him go do his thing. He's having fun again. Like it, yeah. it looked. They're a scary team right now. Like if another if Chargers, team that if you're in the playoffs, like you don't want to see this team. Yeah, in if playoffs. they get a little bit more, yeah. if they get healthy, like they're Eckler, a guy who can run the ball. Their offensive line's decent. Yeah, that's, I think Derwin James is the team. best defensive yeah. player in the NFL, yeah. in my opinion. He's banged up right now, but if he gets healthy, like yeah, Watch they're out. they're scary. So that that's those are the top five quarterbacks for this week. We've got some awesome upset potentials. I think the first one's coming tonight. But uh, bet smart, bet wise, and don't bet money. You can't and, lose. And just to, just to hold Ty accountable, last week, last Thursday, a week ago, you had three hot reads and you went three for three. We did. You went we three did. for I, three. I oddly enough, I left one of those out on one of my teasers, but it, it still hit, and I did a couple of them individually that hit. So yeah, I, I hope you made the teaser bet. <laughs> I think you had uh, last week. You had the Bengals, Chiefs, and and uh, one Eagles. other one. Eagles yep. in the teaser. Yep. Yep. We were right on all three of them. Um, so it'll be fun to see what happens this week. All right, friends. Well, let's move on to the mindset section. Today's mindset section is why victim mindset and the victim mentality is toxic and ensures that you lose at life. Does it seem like to you? You know, and John weigh in here, if you will, but does it seem like to you, like more than ever, we are in a culture where we put victim mindset and people who are supposed victims up on a pedestal, and we almost like worship victims versus people who had the same tough stuff but actually overcame it and then did something really cool to actually start a business, help society, make a positive impact, you know, something like that. Does am I am I wrong in feeling like we love to talk about being a victim in 2022. No, it seems like that that's all that we talk about. Like you look at an entertainment section of anything and it's victim, 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 poor me, poor me, poor me. And you're not hearing about any of the positive things that are occurring. And it's, and it's victim, victim, poor me, like people like, you know, Prince Harry and, and uh, Meghan Markle and, oh, life, life is so tough for us. And, oh, we, we had to leave London, because being in the royal family was just too, too terrible and too tough. And once in a while, somebody wrote a critical piece about us, and you're like, wow. I mean, imagine if you were in the NFL and a quarterback in the NFL or a coach in the NFL, you wouldn't make it very far because they're criticizing you every single day, and you just have this very uh, thin skin. And, and, then, and then you go and you get, you get uh, paid to talk about being a victim more and more and more. And it's like, really? Are, are you really a victim? Like, you, you were a great actress. He was, you know, a cool prince, and he served in the military. And then you go from doing these cool things and, and just whining and complaining. And so for me, one of our super important values and principles here at Seven Figures Funding and everything we do is, and, and this is talked about in How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, a wonderful book that you and I have read over and over again. And it's, you know, it ta- in that book, it talks about no complaining, no condemning, no criticizing. Like, you, you just have to be critical, objective, and, and make improvements, call people out when you need to. But you just, you don't sit and whine and complain, and you certainly don't blame others. And then, oh, I'm a victim, and feel bad for me, and and, and it's like, oh, the reason I didn't get the job done is because I'm a victim. And every time I, I've been a victim, I've, you know, played the victim card. And I remember the 0809 recession. You guys have heard me talk about this. Oh, it was the worst economy. And, and I literally got to, you know, I had another business venture where I got de- defrauded of over six figures. And I had all these reasons that were legitimate reasons, but it does not serve you. Victim mindset does not serve you. It does not help you towards success. It keeps you down. It's negative energy. And when you stop complaining, you stop condemning and criticizing, and you hold yourself accountable, and there's no more excuses, and you move forward, and you find a way to win, and you, you become an expert, and you, you just focus on helping other people, and you forget about yourself, I think that's part of it, right? Part of yeah. it is it's all about me. No. If you're, if you're advertising, if you go to someone's website and it's all about you and not about your client, you've already lost. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I've noticed about this whole victim mindset thing, too, is it, it, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's generational. I've noticed wow. that 
with oh. my friends as we get older and I, I get to know like their parents, it's like, oh my gosh, the, the poor me, poor me mindset literally came from their parents. And so it's something that as I'm a parent now and I, I'm, my son's finally starting to get to the age where he's recognizing tendencies and whatnot, it's something I try and be very, very cautious about. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And if I fail, I'm going to take accountability for it because your kids are watching and that victim mindset literally is implanted on your children. It's a cancer that spreads. And case in point, perfect case in point, exactly what you're saying. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Everybody's been watching Sam Bankman Freed, the founder of FTX in the news. He just got arrested in the Bahamas. He's going to be going to jail for a long time. He perpetrated basically just embezzled money, took it from customers' accounts, and, and took it for the failing business. And, and, and his mom, who's a professor at Stanford Law, wrote this article a few years ago of we need to go away from accountability and holding people accountable. She literally wrote an article. And so if mom, you know, and dad are teaching this guy that you don't have to be accountable, it's not your fault that things didn't work out and you can see it. Like he's, he's not coming out there and saying, I effed up, I screwed people, I stole people's money. I mean, it's, oh, well, there was this little thing here and then, you know, crypto values were going down and then there was this complicated issue here and so there's no accountability. It's blame everybody else and that's how he was raised. What a surprise. What's going on at Stanford lately? Like I've been hearing a lot of these negative issues with Stan. Like, did you hear what happened at the BYU-Stanford football game uh, at halftime? I didn't, but my uh, youngest brother, Teddy, is uh, a senior at Stanford. Oh, right really? there, and, and I, I probably need to have a little a little word about him. I've been worried about his mindset because, yeah, he's whatever's going on there, something crazy's going on. What happened? Yeah, because, it, I mean, it's a college football. It's a Pac-12 college football game. Like, not yeah. just anyone's going down on the field and performing a skit. Like, you have to get approvals for that. Oh, yeah. Someone has to sign off on it, and it's – BYU, a religious school, right? The Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints yeah. playing Stanford. And at halftime, Stanford puts on a little skit where two women get married for time and all eternity and literally are mocking, like, the temple ordinances that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believes in in front of their, thankfully, only, like, 4,000 people showed up to that game because Stanford's, yeah, Stanford's awful. But what are they doing? Like, how does that get approved to be the halftime skit of a Pac-12 college football game? So, see, that's the, that's the paradoxical, contradictory hypocrisy that I think we've all had enough of, right? You know, you can, uh, one side can go out there and, and do all sorts of just obscene, hurtful, just, you know, blatantly, intentionally, just mean-spirited bullshit. And then on the other side, if somebody brings out, you know, the hypocrisy of, of here's a guy who's, you know, donating millions. And and actually the, the Senate Finance Committee's uh, chair, Maxine Waters, is getting all these pictures taken with this guy and doing all these shows with this guy. He's out there stealing people's money, but because he's giving it to her and other people in her party, it's okay. That type of hypocrisy, I think we've all had enough of. And that's why it's great to see someone like Elon Musk take over Twitter. That's why it's great to kind of, you know, equal the scales here. And, and people have got to wake up. Like, you've got to wake up and step back from your biases and, and what's going on and what you've been taught and start asking yourself what's right and what's true. And, and these things just, uh, people have to start taking a stand. Yeah, absolutely. They, they, we've got to start holding everyone accountable, not just certain groups. Like, it happened earlier on in the season. Same thing. BYU's playing at Oregon. Another location, very west. I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but a, a big student section starts chanting F the Mormons, yeah. and they get away with an apology. Whereas BYU, there's some small, like, not small, it's a big deal. If this actually happened, it's a huge deal. That, that racist comment during the volleyball game, they actually do a full-fledged, like, they hire private investigators, they interview all sorts of people and find out that it actually never happened, yet that school is saying we're never going to BYU again. They're, they're canceling schools. schedules it, exactly. just based off of something that was never validated. 
There's video cameras everywhere. No one picks up anything of somebody doing this. But so so they can say this thing happened when it didn't happen, and then everybody gets canceled. And then an I'll, accusation cancels an BYU. Accusation, and then at the other side, well, here we got Oregon saying f the Mormons and just doing this, all this disrespectful shit. Like it's got to work both ways. It just can't be one sided. And we all turn a blind eye to the hypocrisy and the contradictory nature. Like, these things cannot stand, and people need to, I don't care what side of the aisle on, you need to step back and say, uh, imagine if they'd said F, you know, uh, some marginalized group, right? Whoever it is, imagine a so-called marginalized victim group. Imagine if you'd said that, everybody would be offended. But it's okay to say F the Mormons, right? It's okay to disrespect a religion. Because the Mormons have what, what if they had said F the Muslims? What would everybody have done? They would have lost their minds. Yeah. They would have been on every news article, but you can say it F the Mormons? Like this, this two-handed approach and lack of, of objectivity, it's got to stop. And, and people who believe in values and principles need to take a stand and say enough is enough. It can't, it's got to work both ways. If you want to hold one group accountable, cool. It's just, like in a, it's just like in a football game or a soccer game. Like you're out there and, and the refs call, make this call against your team. And they call holding on your offense. And then the other team's on offense and they're holding every single play and it never gets called. And magically at the end of the game, guess who wins? And it's that type of thing that we're seeing in society now. You've got to call it both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I know we took it off topic, but that that was it's pretty upsetting. It, it's, yeah. it's very, very frustrating. It's like, oh, well, these groups have been prosecuted for years and years and years, and, well, the Mormons not. Like, it's, it, it, I agree. There's got to be – it's got to go both ways. There's got to be accountability on both sides. Got to be. All right, guys, let's transition to our freedom segment. Again, this show is all about helping you to get your money right. We're trying to share values and principles that lead to business freedom, that lead to financial freedom, that lead to success for you. And so our freedom segment here is why free markets lead to financial freedom and why government control actually kills it. So there's there's interesting things here, and, and I think about uh, the kind of the differential here. You know, for years, for decades, NASA was the leader in space exploration and sending people to space, putting first man or woman on the moon. Uh, you had the International Space Station. And then in recent years, because government is so inefficient at managing money, and all you have to do is look back at the last two years of all the reckless spending and where money went to and where it should have gone to, and and you can see why government is not very good at allocating resources and money. And so NASA now doesn't even do anything. And now those NASA contracts go to SpaceX. Why? Because Elon Musk and SpaceX can create and manufacture a rocket at a fraction of the cost NASA can and do the same jobs and put people out in space and even reuse those rockets again and do it at a fraction of the cost, do it profitably because entrepreneurs have to be resourceful. They have to be innovative. But when you're a part of the government, no, the money just comes in and you just kind of recklessly spend it. And that type of inefficiency is why free markets will always beat government-regulated control you know, type businesses and, and, and things like that. And so over the weekend, I'm at, uh, I'm in Oregon and uh, my son Marcus uh, has this uh, soccer tournament. We, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By the way, I don't know who came up, who thought this was a good idea. It's like in the, it's like 40 degrees and it's frozen rain and we're outside playing soccer. And uh, luckily these kids are tough as nails. So they're out there uh, freezing their, their butts off and playing some soccer. But we had to get some gas, and so we go to get gas at a gas station like you do, and, and John, you know what I'm talking about, because uh, John's wife is from Oregon, and uh, you go to the Oregon gas station, and I can't get out and go get my gas and swipe my card. No, I have to give my card to a stranger who's going to swipe it for me, and they're going to pump my gas for me and, and decide everything. I'm like, can I just get my own gas? No, it's against a lot. Wait, whoa, What? It's against the law for me to get my own gas. And so I start to, Marcus starts Googling, why does Oregon require someone to pump my gas for me? And the reasons are, well, 
it's just so much safer because it's a danger when normal people give themselves pump their own gas. I'm like, oh, I can't remember the last time I heard scary. A, a, someone having an issue with that. But okay, maybe there's you know a point one point one of one percent chance that could happen. And then at the end of it, I got to the reality. Well, if these people lo- these people could lose their jobs. Well, maybe they do a better job and make more money and do something that has a better impact than somebody pumping our gas. So for decades, they've kept uh, a, a law going that, uh, I mean, how many decades? I've been alive over 40 years. I don't remember anybody ever pumping my gas. Same thing happened to me in New Jersey. New Jersey has the same thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, it's. I can't imagine you go home every night just so fulfilled for pumping that gas like i'm the best gas pumper west of the mississippi like give me a break i mean just another, john's got a comment john on this. what's up man oh yeah here you go the first time it ever happened to me this man big beard like total scruffy clothes because it was raining outside i i hate to say it, he looked a little he looked homeless and i felt super bad like judging him but he comes and like Cause I'm sitting there, Hallie's like, I'm planning out like what she's gonna get, like asking me if I want anything. He comes and like knocks on our window, and I roll down the window and I ask him. I was like, Sorry, dude, we don't have anything to give you. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I, <laughs> I suspected this guy was homeless, but he's just asking to pump my gas for me, and I literally apologized probably like 30 times. I felt so bad. But it's just a shock coming from Utah and then going there. It was the first time it ever happened to me, and this guy. Just looks. I felt so bad. The rest of them, they usually have like, they'll have like some sort of vests on or something that kind of makes it. This guy, just a bulk jacket. Yeah. Have you ever gone and gotten gas at Costco in Oregon? Do they just have like hella pumpers all over the place or what? That's wild. It's wild. I want to get gas at Costco. And think about what's the result of this. If you're a gas station owner in Oregon or New Jersey, what do you have to do? You've got a ton of extra people on the payroll, an exorbitant cost to your business that gas stations across the country in most states don't have. And so what what happens to the price of gas? It's obscenely high. And so millions and millions of people are paying obscenely high gas prices that are already obscenely high due to inflation and the war in Ukraine and and Russian in it, whatever, maybe to the fact that the Biden administration stopped exploration of gas and shut down all the leases, and maybe that wasn't such a good idea. We all want a greener planet, greener energy, but you know nobody enjoys paying five, six dollars uh, at the pump for gas, and so all these places are paying obscenely high prices for gas. It's making food cost more. It's making transportation cost more. It's making everything that we need to buy to eat and survive and live cost more. Because government policies that don't work, that, that kill free markets, over-regulation, and deciding what's best for you instead of the free market. See, the free market already decided what was best. Decades ago, they decided, no, we don't need to have people pump your gas. Everybody can go ahead and swipe their card and go pump their own gas. It's part of being an adult. You can pump your own gas. Guess what? You go into Walmart, you don't even need a checker anymore. You can swipe your stuff pay for your food, and be on your way at the self-checkout. It's more effective, it's more efficient, and those people can go get better jobs because technology creates better jobs. We live in an abundant world. It's abundant versus scarcity mindset. It's another mindset, right? This scarcity mindset is you grow up and if Ty's having too much success, that means I can't have success, and that's wrong. The abundant mindset says Ty can win at life and in business and learn, and if I work hard and I learn, and I learned from a mentor, I can do the exact same thing. John can be super young and an amazing salesman here at Seven Figures and be making a great income because he works hard and he hones his craft. And that's the abundant mindset that everybody can win at. And so it's just another another example of the fact that free markets are going to beat out government regulation and control and, and government running things Every single time. And that, that right there, thanks to my cousin Ben for making me watch this movie, but that's why the Lamborghini exists today. Because he found a significantly less expensive way to create a tractor. Like the Lamborghini was created because he created a tractor for farmers that was far less expensive than the one that monopolized the entire industry. 
Wow. And then after he had created the tractor, he, there's, he created boats. And there's a, it's a cool story to, that you'd have to go read. But ultimately, Lamborghini would not exist without him finding a cheaper way of creating a tractor. Thank goodness, guys. That's why we, that's at Seven Figures Funding. We love to help entrepreneurs. We get them the best funding possible so they can create their dream business and life. We built the MyFigures.com money app so that they can get their money right and manage it all in one place. And, and that's what this is all about. Whatever you're doing out there, you're creating a service or product that improves people's lives. And, and that's why, you know, next Wednesday at 8 o'clock Eastern time, we're going to be doing our free 2023 business planning workshop. We're going to have a free business plan template for you to download. Uh, we're going to answer questions. We're going to bring people up who have built and, and you know, built successful funding empires and, and companies and businesses, share their stories, their secrets to success. And at the end of the day, it's, it's being very intentional. It's mapping out a plan. It's taking the time. The problem that most people have is they get busy with life and all those dreams and goals they just forget about because there's bills to pay, there's kids to take care of, there's jobs to do, and you've got to slow down and take your time to plan out your, your success. Yeah, amen. I mean, uh, I can't think of a better way to wrap up the year. Obviously, uh, this might be my last podcast for a few weeks. My son is due tomorrow, um, so we'll see, but wish us, wish us luck. Keep us in your prayers for a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely childbirth is a lot but yes, uh it is. it's been a pleasure i'll tell you what even if i'm not at the podcast i will be there december 21st because we are going to 10x our business again next year absolutely no doubt in my mind absolutely guys we're going all in we're going to share everything that's worked with business planning because we want you to have a business plan that you don't stop looking at in february and don't look at again and wonder what happened you know at the end of the year we want something that you're going to be inspired by that's going to give you specific actions that you can take to create your dream business and make 2023 your breakthrough year thank you for joining us on the go figure podcast if you learned something that will help your business or family take 30 seconds and give us a five star if we added value to your day then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure Podcast.